the kingdom of God has come near. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, everybody. Lovely to see you. I'm just going to pray really quickly, and then we'll jump into this together. Father, we thank you uh, for bringing us safely here today, and Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, it's so amazing that you would be with us in this place this morning. And Lord, as we continue in our worship, looking at the scriptures, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us through them? Would you excite us? Would you convict us? Would you empower us? to be those that you commissioned, to be sent into the harvest fields, to work together with you, that we would see the lost come to know you and that you would be glorified. Lord, pour out your spirit on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just briefly, um, most of you know who I am. So my name's Mark, so I'm the, the minister uh, at St. Andrews as well as supporting Paul and Becky in the ministry here. My wife, Claire's there. Say hello, Claire. Hello. Charlotte's in a group. Actually, my parents here as well. Mum and dad, Ron and Angela. Give it up for Ron and Angela. So, it's just lovely to see you all. Now, um, time is short, so we're going to be really, like, punchy. And we're looking at a passage where I'm not really going to talk much about the context, but I'd just like you to, to not trust me, but trust your own study of God's word, that, that these things are applicable to us, that that commission that was on these 70 or 72, depending on who you read and what you work out together with the Lord, that these words have impact and application for us. So I'd like us to think about what these say to us for our lives in the here and now. The theme of today is scent connecting. So I know you've been looking at being sent, and we're thinking about what it looks like to have real connections as we embrace that commission. The verses that we just heard are from Luke chapter 10. And actually, in Luke 10, we see three parts that have connected roles, uh, and they're all about connecting on a deep level. So these verses that we've just heard read to us are about connecting with society, about the, the world outside of these walls as ambassadors for Christ. And actually, if you go on, we then hear Jesus giving the story of the Good Samaritan, and we see there that calling, that commissioning on us to be neighbors Neighbors who love and connect with others through service and giving and loving and spending ourselves on ministering to the needs of others with the strength of God. And then finally, in Luke 10, we see the passage with Mary and Martha where Jesus is receiving their hospitality and he sat at the feet of Jesus. Sorry, Mary is sat at the feet of Jesus and listening to his every word, knowing Jesus and communing with him. It's amazing. So we see, again, that call on us to be worshippers. So we are ambassadors, we are neighbors, we are worshipers. We're called to connect with God, first and foremost, to connect in service through how we serve the needs of others, again, in the strength of God. And then we're called to connect as ambassadors, going out as sent ones into the harvest. The trouble is we can often get used to superficial connections, can't we? And, you know, there's no guilt trip. I include myself in this. When we kind of fall into kind of a superficial way of, of talking to God and relating to him, service of others, superficial connections with those outside the walls of the church. And there are many reasons for that time, being knackered. You know, I've got a two-year-old daughter, I get that. But actually God is calling us in his strength, I'll labor that, in his strength to be people who give sacrificially in terms of worship 
in terms of service, and in terms of being his ambassadors sent out into the harvest. And we need to make a decision to do that, to decide, Lord, I'm going to give sacrificially in these ways. But Lord, oh God, it's got to be in your strength, otherwise I'm just going to get burnt out and knackered. Not by power, by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So that's what we're up for. So we're going to whiz through these verses, looking at what it means to be connecting as an ambassador of Christ in the marketplace, in the world, outside of the walls of these church. That first verse, we see these 70 disciples being sent out into the community, into the towns. We are called to go where the people are. We're called to be out there where people are doing life. Now, there's lots of people out there that aren't in here, but also the good news is that we're not here all the time either. So actually, all of us, when we're not here, we are out there, aren't we? So, you know, it's not rocket science. We're just, you know, we just need to engage in what we're already doing when we're not in this building. So we have families, we have neighbors, we have workplaces, we have family and sick friends and relatives, perhaps, that we visit and care for, visiting care homes or, you know, whatever it might be, the playground, talking to other mums at the school gate, you know, whoever you are, wherever you find yourself, you are somewhere when you're not in this building. And so we are sent to go where people are. And we're to go where he is about to go. Jesus is coming back. In the context of this passage, obviously, he's about to go to these places. They've gone ahead of him. But Jesus is returning, the second coming of Christ, when this thing, human history, is brought to its you know, conclusion, redemptive history brought to its climax. And the reality is that there are people out there across the world, Christians, who are persecuted because of their faith who are encouraged and strengthened because of that hope. Paul talks about encouraging one another with this hope, the return of Christ. And so just because we're not necessarily in those places of persecution, and maybe it doesn't seem so high stakes, nonetheless, we ought also to be encouraged by this knowledge that he is coming back. He is coming back. And so we need to engage in what he is calling us to do, the assignment that he's given us as his people, but also as individual believers before his return. The second verse there, we can see, as Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful. There's work to be done. And he, pray, he tells his disciples, it's, not, it's rare in Scripture, I can't tell you how many times, maybe one or two, but it's quite rare that Jesus gives prayer requests. And he actually gives a prayer request. He actually says, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest fields. It's interesting that he's telling people that are going to pray that prayer. He's not telling people that aren't going to pray it. Lord, here I am, send someone else. He's telling people who are embracing the commission to pray for others to join in embracing that commission. And so we owe it to one another, don't we? Each one of us. Because actually it's scary for all of us and we're all knackered. So we need to support one another in taking that step. Ah! And embracing this commission to be sent ambassadors. That ah, ah is relevant to the next verse. Because he actually says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Ah, what God is calling us to do is scary and it entails risk. But actually we go nonetheless. He's sending us out as lambs among wolves, but we go knowing the lion of the tribe of Judah is padding at our sides. We're not alone and he has the victory. But we can't use the fact that it's scary. Jesus even told us, so he was up front. We can't use the fact that it's scary as an excuse to not go. Something I said this morning, I think it's so important. We need to resist the prevailing religious culture where how I think and how I feel outweighs obedience to God's word on its own terms. We need to resist the prevailing religious culture where how I think 
and how I feel outweighs obedience to God's word on its own terms. Even if it's scary, and I think it's a bad idea, even if it's scary and I really don't feel I want to, we have to go because God's calling us there. Verse 4, we see them on the move. And Jesus is telling them not to be weighed down by material things. Material things aren't bad. Sandals are helpful. Bags are helpful. But actually, Jesus is saying here, don't be weighed down by these other things that draw your attention and your focus. He even says, don't stop along the way if you read in the verse. And, you know, it'd be great if we had more time to really kind of, you know, labor that. But, you know, just take my word for it. It's in there. You know, he's saying to them, he's not saying be rude to people you see along the way. He's just saying you can't be distracted because time is of the essence. We're talking about connecting, and this is the slight oxymoron. There's no time, but we need loads of time. There's no time, but it takes time to connect. So time is precious, and we need to use it well. Because time is of the essence, and we need loads of it to develop connections with God and in service and with others, it means we really need to use time well, which means that actually sometimes the lesser is the enemy of the good, isn't it? I'm not saying don't support a football club, don't have nice days out, don't do this, don't do that. But I am saying prioritize the one thing that's needed. Jesus said that even to Mary when Martha's busying herself and she's distracted by these other things. Jesus says Mary has chosen the better part, the one thing, and it won't be taken from her. We need to make the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Verse 5, peace. When they go, they're to bring peace. They're to bestow peace. We're ambassadors of the Prince of Peace. You know the scripture that says we wear shoes shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace? It's the gospel of good news, of peace with God through the redemption that comes through Jesus. So when we go in his name, again, we have to go on his assignment, ministering his message on his terms. We don't go with a watered-down alternative or a manufactured alternative. If we go with shoes shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace, we need to proclaim that gospel, Christ crucified and not ourselves. What is the commission Jesus has given us on his terms? And let's joyfully revel in that commission, not fight against it, but actually say, God, the thing that you're saying, it must be good because it was you that said it. So I'm going to go with the gospel of peace. I'm going to go with that gospel. There will be people who receive it. Verse 6 talks about a man of peace. Some will be open, some will not. And I've often found it helpful, just something someone said once, leave a non-believer open to their next encounter with Jesus. You know, if you're engaging with someone and you can feel resistance, don't just beat them into submission. And then, and then they're like, oh, I'm never talking to a Christian again. You know, use, again, you, intuition, the language of the Spirit the Holy Spirit who's connected with your born-again spirit, and just say, Holy Spirit, guide me, and allow the language of the Spirit to just say, actually, you know, back off, or advance, advance, advance. So, you know, be led. Be led of the Spirit. Embracing the situation we find ourselves in, really going quick now, verse 7, we're not in it for ourselves, and so we go where God calls us to, and we embrace that situation with grace and with gratitude. Verse 9 talks about proclaiming and healing. And I find it interesting, if you read in Romans 15, Paul talks about proclaiming the gospel fully by what he said and what he did. What he said and what he did. It's interesting when uh, John the Baptist's disciples come to Jesus because they're, are you the Messiah or are you not the Messiah? And he quotes Isaiah 61 to them, which shows that actually the messianic ministry is proven, it's kosher, on the basis that it is words, it's works, 
and its wonders, or I like M's. It's a message, a verbal message proclaimed, it's mercy, the Good Samaritan serving out of a compassionate heart, and it's miracles, God confirming his word with signs following. So like Paul, we need to be fully proclaiming the gospel through message, through mercy, through miracles. Some of us find one of those things more We find, oh, there I am, there I am, I'm here, I've been here all along. Um, Verse 10 and 11, we recognize that there will be people, there will be towns that don't receive this message, but we have a duty of care to share it nonetheless. It says in the final verse of that passage I was given, it says, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you, yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. God's word is true. And so we have a duty of care to share it, whether people receive it or not. Yes, I've said, exercise wisdom, but actually we need to be getting out there, don't we? Finally, before I invite the band up, uh, I said this earlier on as well. I was at a conference once, and a speaker said at the end of their talk, if I were to come back in a year's time and preach the same message, would you be any different? And he said, what do you need to do today to make sure that if I came back in a year's time and said the same thing, something would have changed. We need to be intentional about these things. Now, I'd like to think, you know, I'm a bit of a Muppet sometimes and I I mess up, but I'd like to think, I would really like to think, hopefully, Claire, this is the case, hopefully in a year's time, we can say, actually, whatever we got wrong in the last year, we were sacrificial and radical in our worship and in our service and in our outreach. Whatever we messed up along the way, we, we, we were serious about connecting, connecting with God on a deep level, connecting in service and a compassionate heart on a deep level, connecting in outreach. So can I just ask the band to come up, um, wherever you are? And as they come up, I'm going to pray, and I'd just like you to own that, that prayer. Lord, I want things to be different in a year's time. And so I'm saying today is the day, Lord, where I'm asking, not that today was, yesterday was different in a sense, but... I want to make a point today of saying, Lord, I ask for the grace to be a sacrificial worshipper, a sacrificial giver, and a sacrificial ambassador in the harvest who will proclaim the gospel fully. It's scary. I'm going to be a sheep among wolves, but the line of the tribe of Judah is at my side. And like Moses, who said, Lord, ah, God said, nevertheless, I'll be with you, Moses. And God says to us, nevertheless, I'll be with you. Please stand, yeah.